Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. This is the last one. See, what was Mary doing? She was a worshiper, wasn't she? She just had a heart for, for, for keeping her eyes fixed on Jesus. If Jesus was around, she was gonna sit and she was gonna listen. She was just a worshiper. She just loved to be in the presence of the Lord. She wanted to hear from him. Now, it's interesting that she had taken this ointment, this, this f- wonderful fragrance, and it was her dowry. And it, it was one year's salary, money-wise. And it was very important to her. It was very significant to her. And I think there's no doubt we can't take anything away from the fact that worship, true worship, sometimes costs us. It may cost us a reputation to some extent of what people may think. And then I look back and I read, well, Jesus made himself of no reputation. <laughs> what am I worried about? If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords God the Son chooses to make himself of no reputation. I certainly don't need to be worried about it, especially regarding our worship. It was sacrificial, no doubt about it, and it was done in total humility, we can see. And there's something that was very interesting. As she does this, then all of a sudden, there's a critical spirit that comes into the scene. That, that, this really interests me. I don't think this is far from many of us, unfortunately, and God help us. That's all I can say for me, for you, for all of us, God help us, is that in verse five, the first word is why. Why are they doing that? Why are they raising their hands? Why are they singing with their eyes closed? Why are they, like, why are tears running down some of their cheeks? Why? That's pretty critical, don't you think? pretty analytical, pretty unhealthy. It's a bummer. It just flat out is. It's just a bummer. And yet it's what we see happening as Judas looks on. And, it, and I don't think it's far off. The world looks on. We just don't want to be that as the body. That's part of the thing. We're going to have, be open in our worship, our adoration of who the Lord is. I'm telling you. This is part of the thing. These all three work together. That's when it's all knit together. That's what that looks like. They're all working together. They're all connected. All three of these things are very significant. Our service to the Lord. Our being able to just live out a life that testifies of of who Jesus is in in our lives. The fact that we're bringing people along. Evangelism simply is gathering in. That's really what it means to gather to bring people in, bring people along, take them with you where you're going. Use that influence, that sphere of influence that you have for the Lord. But Judas, he looked at all this as we got to Mary's worship and there was analytical, critical viewing as she sought to worship Jesus 
And then the comment comes up, hey, this was really a waste. Worship is really a waste. That's just a waste. She wasted that. Really. Look at what Jesus' statement is in verse 7 about her worship of him. <laughs> Let her alone. Leave her alone. Let her worship. Leave her be. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Interesting that she had kept that and that she's using it now, some week in advance of the crucifixion and being put behind the tomb. You know, the other Mary that showed up, Mary Magdalene showed up to anoint his body, you remember, with spices and different things. Remember that? When she came to the tomb. Two different Marys. Mary Magdalene came to do that. This Mary had already done this in advance. How would she know? One, if she does this in advance, she must know there's no reason to do it because he's not going to stay there. He's not going to stay in the tomb. So she does it now in advance. She saved it for this time when there would be this burial thing, but hey, there's no need for that. Let's, I'll just do it now. There's not going to be a need for that. She's seen Lazarus' resurrection, the power of the resurrection. She knows Jesus is going to be... How come these other guys, how come the other disciples, how come others didn't see that? How come they didn't have any of that insight? And I dare say that the truth of the matter is, is because she was a worshiper. You and I gain tremendous insight as we worship the Lord. As we spend time looking upon the Lord through our prayer time, through his word, listening to the spirit speaking to our hearts. We are designed to be spiritual beings in him. That's really God's purpose for us. There's no need to wait to use this for his burial at this point. She was clear. Jesus is going to rise from the dead. Why would I wait, why would I wait till then? I, I'll just use it now. I'll just anoint him now. This is awesome. Something costly. Something was broken in order for that to take place. There's a lot of significance in all this whole act, and we've talked about that a little bit at other times. You know, there was another account of someone who was made fun of for their worship. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, we won't read through it. I just want to cite this for you, and you can study it on your own. Chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. David worship the Lord. He is so excited about bringing the ark back and the presence of God and just bringing it into the city of Jerusalem now. And he gets out there and he is just worshiping openly. This isn't the everyday standard of, of his functioning, but as the king, he was so excited because he loved God. And he was passionate about God and he was just expressing his love for the Lord as he danced before God. And he just had a linen ephod on. Now, remember, Michaela, the daughter of Saul, whom was one of, uh, was David's wife at the time, she sees him doing this. And he comes back to the house and he's just, he's just stoked. I don't know how to say it. He's just excited about what God's doing. He's thrilled about who God is and that God's presence is back. The ark's here. And oh man, he's just thrilled and, and he got inexpressible joy. And she looks at him and goes, oh yeah, that was really cool. And she starts vibing him. 
about what he's done. I do have to read that part, sorry. Because I really like that part because it's really, it's, it, there's significance. She says that, you know, it's, it's this whole act of what you've done. He returned to bless his household and Michael, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today. She's got bitterness in her heart not respecting his worship at all in the Lord, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids and, the, and his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father, he had to throw that in, and all the house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will even be more undignified than this, and I will, humble, and I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them, I will, by them I will be held in honor. He says, you don't even understand worship. We were all worshiping the Lord. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. She was barren. She was unfruitful. She was just critical. She was just dry. And that's what happens when our perspective gets so skewed and we start becoming critical of those aspects of worship. We need to be open before God. And there's just nothing wrong with, with an open heart for the Lord. The only thing that I guard is that I know the flesh has a desire to engage in this process and can be a distraction to others. I'm here because I want to see Jesus. That's why I get together with you guys. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus through worship. I want to see Jesus through the word. I want to see Jesus. And so to me, it's like if there's distractions or things going on that are in the way, I'm a kind of a, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I got to get to the front of the crowd because I need to have, be focused and see Jesus. That's one of the reasons I sit near the front. That's no joke. I just want to be able to, un, in an undistracted way, I have a tendency to be distracted, maybe more easily than some. I don't know. But I just want to see the Lord. I just want to worship the Lord. And to me, if there's 50 people with their hands up or 500 people with their hands up behind me, if there's everybody's crying or nobody's crying, none of that matters to me because I'm there to see Jesus. I suggest I would encourage others to come for the same heart, same reason. And we're here to worship the Lord. We're here to worship him through the, the, the music that we, we express our, our praise, our adoration of the Lord. We're here to worship him through prayer, through the personal prayers that go up in the gathering. As we're teaching through the word, we're here to honor God and to worship him through his word. This is all about, this really is a worship service and any time we get together is that. And where two or three are gathered there, my, my name, Jesus said, I'm gonna be in the mix. I'm gonna be there. I just think that there is often times we could easily fail in this area of having a cynical viewpoint 
unfortunately like Judas and the others. The others threw in with him. One last thought. Jesus said in verse 8, regarding this aspect of worship, he said, because their focus, Jesus had kind of put this on, well, gosh, we could have done something else with that. You know, we could have, you know, because everybody's got an opinion about, especially, oh my goodness, especially when it comes to money. Everybody's got an opinion. Well, how come we didn't do this? And how come we didn't do that? And how come, well, we're praying, we're seeking the Lord, and we're asking God to give us guidance and direction. I think it's interesting, Jeremy had mentioned, you know, like for us, and I've, I've mentioned it before, like, yeah, sure, we could be thinking only toward having this big building drive and talking about building, 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 talk, 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 you know. You know what, God's gonna take care of that. I'm just waiting for the phone to ring, it'll ring, God will take care of it, and we don't need to worry about it. But I'm not saying that shouldn't be something we are, we're vigilant. We got our eyes open and we're waiting to see what God opens up and how God wants to do something like that for us one day. That's awesome. But you know, really, as the body of Christ, isn't our commissioning really to go therefore into all of the world and to make disciples of all nations? Isn't that really our commission? Do you think God can't take care of all the other stuff if we're busy doing the commission? And it starts where, according to Acts 1.8? He causes us to be witnesses, to testify of him in Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. And so our focus is getting the word of God out. And one of the mediums that God has opened up for us is this radio endeavor. And you say, gosh, Jim, you've been talking about this. You've been working on this kind of stuff for the last six years, seven years. Yep. I shall not relent in the Lord Jesus Christ. As God is my witness, he will make me strong before him to endure whatever we must to follow through with this task that he has set before us. Because this is not my idea. I would walk away from it in a heartbeat. But this is something that God has purposed for our fellowship, for our body, to communicate to everybody around us, to communicate this love and this grace that we so wonderfully get to enjoy week by week as we go through the word of God. As we are blessed, we want to bless others with that same hope, that same joy, not with religion, but with an opportunity to have a one true relationship with the living God. Jesus says about this worship, so to me, it's an aspect of our worship of the Lord. If you want to know the honest truth, that's how I see it. I see all these endeavors as part of the aspect of our worship. Those of you who've flown around the world a little bit, it's grueling. I come back from, from some of the travels absolutely hammered, exhausted, and thrilled all at the same time because I get to watch God work, and I'm thankful that he allows me to be a part of what he's doing. To me, it's just all of us. We just got to stay engaged in what the Lord's doing and get our eyes off of ourselves and the things how we think everything should be and just say, God, things that you're doing, man, I am excited about it. Because I tell you, for sure, we, could, we can't do what God's doing with this radio stuff. We, 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 we collectively couldn't do it. But God can, and God is. But we couldn't, but God is. It's unexplainable, great. God is at work amongst us. What an exciting thing. But notice this, because I noticed this, in what's said in verse eight is important. It's important today. Brothers and sisters, please hear me on this. It's important today because so many ministries right now are hubbed on this, this very thought and it's, 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 it's backwards from what Jesus said. The focus a lot of, on a lot of things today is social assistance, it's basically just reaching out to, you know, the community 
and, and it's all based on just kind of a social assistance type concept. That's basically what, what, what the focus oftentimes is. It's kind of like activism, basically. It's, it's, an, it's a, we're gonna, you know, do this and, and that's gonna, it's kind of a, a reforming, a fixing what's wrong in our society and we're just gonna, because the church isn't doing all that. I challenge anyone to go back and study through what happened during the Welsh Revival. I don't need to go pick it and make a big stink about everything and put up a bunch of hate this and hate that stuff. That's, that's a waste of time for the body of Christ. If we would get out there and share the love of God, and if we would get out there and share our simple faith in Jesus Christ, and the mere fact that we are alive because of the cross and the resurrection, man, that would be much more effective. So much time is wasted hating against people groups and stuff, and then trying to assist other people groups that all they want is just the assistance in not conveying the simple truth of the gospel. That's not to say that all the things that go on aren't awesome, but I'm saying get a good focus on it. There are some wonderful things that you know we partner with because we believe in what they're doing socially to help. I'm for it. But look at what Jesus says here. For the poor you will always have with you. He says don't just focus on activism itself for the sake of doing it, to, to do some humanitarian aid thing so that you feel good about you. Because I dare say there's a whole lot of that which goes on. And they wave their banner. Yeah, well, we're helping everybody. You know, we're the humanitarian. We care, you know. Well, great. So do I. But you know what I care about? I care about the fact that the world, apart from Jesus Christ, humanity will perish they will leave this planet without Jesus Christ. I don't care if they are the most lovely, wonderful person you've ever met. This is the passion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will perish. They will forever and ever unchangeable from that point on. If you breathe your last and don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, you're done. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care if you're living on the gutter of the earth. You will die in your sin apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the passion of the gospel. What happened? Can you imagine John Wesley would ride all over the place to share what we've just spoken of? Oh, he wasn't driving in a you know, comfortable Jeep commander, you know? This guy was riding until he had so many saddle sores he couldn't even move. I don't know if I really want to talk to the person across the street, you know. They kind of looked at me funny when I drove out of my driveway the other day, and I don't know. Oh, the apartment neighbors, I don't know. They, they just bug me. I, 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 just, I saw them drinking up the pool the other day, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know. What, what excuse could we give before the Lord, Jesus Christ? What excuse could we give? I just didn't feel like it, you know. Oh, I know eternity weighs in the balance. I, I understand, but I'm saved. Well, awesome. Praise the Lord. Share the wealth, man. You know, if, if you're really interested in, in, in activism, be active in the right way. What I find is Jesus says, the poor you always have with you, there's plenty of time. There's always going to be that going on to be a part of, and we should be. Brothers and sisters, we should be, and I want to be, and we are. Okay? I'm for it. That's not the focus of this ministry, though. The focus of this ministry is what Jesus says, but me, you do not have always. Basically, he's just saying, hey, I'm not physically, you're not always gonna have this. 
So all he's saying is not just the all, that it's just him, it's a prioritizing, that our focus needs to be on looking to him. Because you see, if we don't look to Jesus first, all these other things are gonna be a waste of our time. It will be just mere activism, you see? If it's not motivated by the love and the grace and the desire to connect people ultimately with Jesus Christ. So the activism for activism's sake is a waste of our time. If in fact, because it's just trying to right social injustice and all that, I understand. But really, isn't the focus, if you go back and you see what happened in the Welsh revival, people started getting saved. And as people started getting saved, the bordello started to close down. The houses of ill repute, the places where people were going to connect up with hookers. We'll just be clear. Prostitution began to dissipate. Bars, taverns, just locked up. We're not making any more money. Was it social reform? No. It was a move of God's spirit. I'm just praying for God's spirit to move. Please, Lord, move in these last days. Please. Our country is rejecting you. How far off are we from what Jay talked about is going on in England? These beautiful, big places, the wonderful places that were filled with God's word and people just like you and me, a hundred years ago, worshiping God. They're mosques today. I care about it. I, I, I care. I don't want to see that happen. I love the Lord. I love the country. I love people. And I just don't want to see that happen. Therein lies the driving force. Three thoughts. I'd consider them. I want to consider them. As a parent, that's what I want to share with my kids. I want to live my life that way. I want to share that kind of purpose and, and mission in life. As a parent, as a dad, that's what I want to do. As a pastor, that's my heart. You know my heart. And I think all three of those things are very, very important for us to think through. Am I really worshiping the Lord openly and freely? Am I worried about what other people think? Am I doing things to draw attention to myself to make people think I'm more spiritual than I am? That'd be a bummer too. Got to find the balance in there. Am I really evangelizing or am I just kind of fossilizing? Am I serving with joy in my heart? Am I complaining about what I'm doing? Those are all things for us to contemplate, to work through as a body, as individuals of the body. Nothing more important though than the simple truth that God loves us and he wants to have relationship with us. This is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening again today. And we're just so thankful for those of you who tune in and, and uh, are getting something out of these messages from God's Word. And sometimes God really begins to tug on our hearts and He kind of calls us out for a response. And sometimes we want to go and work at something and, and kind of earn our way into things. But, you know, with God, it's just not that way. His Word says, for by grace, that's unmerited love and favor that's been shown to you. That's what that word grace means. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants you to walk in those good works that he's prepared for your life. He wants you to be a living testament of his goodness and his grace. And he doesn't want you to have to work at or earn salvation, but salvation is a free gift. It's by faith that you can have this everlasting life. Simple prayer of faith. Jesus, I want to ask that you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want this free gift of everlasting life. I want to be forgiven. I'm tired of carrying this weight of sin and shame. And I want to ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for that grace that you've shown me. I receive you now into my heart and ask, Lord, that as I walk this life, that you would walk with me and that I would walk in your ways and in the good works, those things that you prepared for me to walk in, that it might glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us again next time on Living Fountains. Jesus, come.